Support for This Is Normal comes from Bell & Health. If you or someone you know needs help, don't wait and know the signs. Visit bellin.org signs for more information. How can we not talk about suicide? I cannot say how my dad died. Instead, I just say it's really personal, but you know that makes it worse than all how we can't openly talk about suicide. So I guess I'll go along and I'll put up a divide. I'll let the shame of a parent who took his own life stop my strife as I shrink in height and cringe. Since this is when growing up I had an idea. Why can't we be open instead of being broken when it comes to suicide? We put up a high tide of no, don't talk about that. It's not something you share. It's like, do you even care? Nick Becker keeps a picture in his apartment of his dad as a young doctor, a stethoscope around his neck. He looks happy, but his dad battled bipolar disorder. He died by suicide a few days before Nick's fifth birthday. I really remember this really distinctively. Someone handed me a rose at the funeral and I put the rose on his coffin and his chest. Today, Nick is 25 years old. He's got the same disease his father had, and he's battled it for much of his life, trying different treatments, different medications. But one of the main ways he deals with his depression or with symptoms of bipolar is by making art about it. He's a poet and a spoken word performer. It's all in the body that Christ made, and some enter a dark cave that is inescapable. So I lay this all on the dinner table. Can we treat mental Welcome to This Is Normal the podcast where we talk to young people about their mental health challenges. Because when we talk about this stuff, we all feel a little less alone. I'm Rory Linane. I'm Rob Menser. I first met Nick when he performed some poetry at a Kids in Crisis event in Madison. Rory, it was kind of your event, or at least you were one of the people who, who organized it. How did you connect with Nick? Someone recommended him pretty last minute, and so we weren't sure if we were going to be able to get him in the program. We had him as kind of a plan B option if the governor was running late. And uh, fortunately, the governor was running late, and we were like, Nick, you're on. Honestly, I mean, his, his performance turned out to be one of, the, one of the best, one of the most affecting parts of the, of the whole event. I have this vision, this vision that one day in my lifetime that we will treat mental illness the same as physical illness. And I'm also on a mission to stop suicides and end the stigma of mental illness. So when, when I sat down for the interview with him, he said that this is really is a mission for him to fight against those social pressures to not talk about mental illness. And I always have to ask my mom, I still have to ask my mom about my dad or something. She doesn't, she doesn't talk about it. I kind of believe that's why I I'm so vocal and open and I wrote this poetry and stuff because nothing was said. Nothing. Nick was nervous to do this interview, not because of the subject matter, but because he was having this thing where his tongue was swollen and it made it a little hard for him to speak. He had a doctor who thought maybe it was a reaction to some medication that he was on, and he had another doctor who thought it might be psychosomatic. And you can hear on the tape, he really doesn't sound so bad, but you can hear the way his tongue is heavy in his mouth in the interview, 
and sometimes his speech is a little bit slurred. And he was very self-conscious about how his voice was going to sound on the podcast. But he was also really frustrated because, you know, at the time we spoke, he was wondering if his voice would ever be back to normal or if this is just what he sounded like now. That's got to be really frustrating, especially if you're a spoken word artist and your, you know, your outlet is your voice for dealing with your mental health challenges. Right. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that's his instrument. Nick started showing symptoms of his own bipolar disorder when he was in high school. Freshman year, I was still carrying being pretty, not, not like popular, popular, but kind of pretty well liked. And, and then when the manic stuff started happening, it's like those people who get famous and like say like they're the most hated man on the planet. Because my sister and brother and people around me say no one really hated you. They just didn't know what was going on with you. But people would mess around with me. It was very traumatic. It was very scary. Um, people would laugh at me and make fun of me and kind of torment me. I spent a lot of days walking in the halls with my head down, just like feeling just so lost and depressed. I probably missed over a year of high school. So there was months on end where I would show up really late for school or leave school early or just not go to school at all. He ended up attending five different high schools in the Madison area. And it was around this time that he started to have manic episodes. He said it's hard to describe and even hard to remember what it felt like, but there were times when he lost his grip on reality. I would have these times where I would not get hardly any sleep. And I think like God sent me a mission. This happened a few years ago. I was at Denny's on the west side. I got over there somehow. I started just doing some like jujitsu moves, <laughs> like like in the not in the restaurant thing, God, but outside the restaurant. And I swear, fifteen cop cars showed up, like bam, and like they all popped out like in SWAT uniform. Like they handcuffed me, put me in the car, and I literally did, I thought I was like sent. I thought I was like from a different planet sent from somewhere else. So I uncuffed myself like in the cop car, but they had nothing to hold me on. They called crisis and they let me out in Monona, back in my hometown. And Nick spent time in institutions. He, he hated them. I was back in like maximum security basically and I never committed a crime, and I was put in maximum security. It was a little, literally like an isolated prison cell where they would feed you sandwiches, apples, milk. I would like throw them around my cell. It was just horrible switching cells. I mean, when they let you out, you would see people getting tackled all over the place. It was just terrible. Some of those cells are really scary too because they have like a three door cell stage. Like, so they close one door, then another door, then another door. I remember one night I was like, I can still remember, it's like screaming in my cell late at night, all alone. 
He's been on medication for most of his life at this point. He said he's tried over 20 different medications to manage symptoms. Well, I'm on lithium and lorazepam right now. I was just recently on Raylar antipsychotic, Tegretol, Seroquel, Clozapine, Zyprexa, Abilify. He got involved with a group called PACT, which is Program of Assertive Community Treatment, and he had a caseworker who knew he was interested in hip-hop music. Nick is a huge Eminem fan. He had photos of Eminem up all over his apartment. His caseworker said he should try writing as part of his therapy. I started to, I think I started to realize that this is an important opportunity I could take to make a difference in people's lives and change some people's opinions about mental health and stuff like that. I took a walk outside to clear my head. I know it's better than laying inside my bed. Those are when I first started writing the first few poems, the first 10 poems. I would go to an open field, like a soccer field, and carry around this notebook and just recite, 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 recite. And so now they're all locked in my head. Understand what I'm going through. I feel like the wind blew the spirit out of my body, so I'm no longer not me. So I flee to an unknown universe and converse with God. As my head nods down, my spirit opens up. Nick works with PACT. He works with the Department of Vocational Rehabilitation, and he was trying to get a job. But this is his passion, really. It's his poetry, and specifically using that poetry as a way to let people know that it's okay to talk about mental health. He volunteers for NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness in Dane County. And in 2017, he won their Youth Voice Award. But that's also why the problems with his tongue were hitting him so hard. Usually it's very easy for me to talk and converse, so it's not normal. And, um, it's just kind of lost my purpose and mission because it's very hard to practice and record because sometimes my mouth and throat gets tired. It's like I just can't go on. So I feel like I've kind of lost that. And then it just came back. About a week after our interview, he texted me. Hi, Rob. My voice came back to complete normal. He said he had his confidence back and he was back to recording poetry. This is not to say that everything is perfect for Nick or that he won't have other challenges in the future, but it was fun to text with him when he was clearly so excited to have his instrument back. So they say when the going gets rough, keep your head up because you never know what your tomorrow holds. So before I fold my cards, I flip them and I show all aces that set my pace as I walk with the unbelievable look on my face. No time to waste. I put on my capable cape and I sprint with the Lord as he hands me his holy sword. I don't kill evil just with my words and I chose to fly away with bionic birds that soar in powerful herds that lift my weakness as I seek this thing called happiness. This is Normal is supported by Bell & Health. Bell & Health believes we all benefit from greater awareness of mental health issues and how they affect us, our friends, our neighbors, and our loved ones. 
Bellin exists to improve the physical and mental health of our communities and our region. Through Bellin's support of This Is Normal and USA Today Network's Kids in Crisis series on youth mental health, it is helping bring to light the issues affecting young people at a critical time in their lives. If you're concerned about someone you feel is headed for a crisis, don't be concerned about saying something and don't wait. Know the signs. Please visit bellin.org signs for more information. While we were working on this podcast, someone I'm close to, a family member, started having some uncontrollable anxiety and he needed to get help. I talked to him on the phone the other day and he's doing much better. He got care from doctors, he got some medications. He said he asked his doctor whether what he was experiencing was common and the doctor said, oh, this is what I do all day. We wanted to do a podcast about youth mental health because these stories, whether they're about depression or anxiety or something else, really are that common. In doing this series and in becoming more comfortable in talking about mental health with more people, it just really illuminates how common it is. Some form of mental health disorder is something everyone goes through. I hope this series kind of illuminates that, that full spectrum that you don't have to even necessarily have a diagnosed mental illness to benefit from mental health care. When I first started seeing a therapist, I was trying to use my health insurance for it. So they were like, okay, well, even though you might not really have a diagnosis, we have to think of one so that you can use your insurance. So it's like you get kind of put into these categories. Mental health exists on a spectrum that's not always easy to define as like an illness. I have had periods of depression. Not, I, I've been fortunate not to have, you know, what is known as clinical depression, but I've definitely experienced ha having depression as something that, that weighs you down. I know that it's normal, but it's, it's terrible. The thing that, that I do come back to is, you know, it's, it's inside your own head. So no matter what you're experiencing, whether it's severe or more you know, something that, that everyone would go through, you are in some sense alone with it. And so you always feel like a bit isolated and you, you wouldn't know until you learn that in fact this is stuff that millions of people, everyone goes through to some extent. So I guess mainly thanks to everyone who shared their stories with us for This Is Normal and to everyone who shared the show in this first season. This was definitely a new venture for us, but we are so glad that we made it. We're gonna take a break after this, but we are planning the next season of our podcast because it's been amazing to hear the stories of everyone who's been willing to share with us, and I really wanna hear more. Please email us at thisisnormal@gannett.com. You can follow Rory or me on Twitter, and we will be back in a few months with more stories. Support for This Is Normal also comes from Children's Hospital of Wisconsin. Children's Hospital of Wisconsin has a vision that Wisconsin kids will be the healthiest in the nation. Supporting kids and teens' mental and behavioral health is a key part of achieving that vision. They are committed to programs and services that help build resilience, promote mental health, and support families. Visit chw.org talk for more information. 
This is Normal was produced by Alexandra Wimley, Jana Rose Schleiss, and me, Rob Menser. It is a production of USA Today Network Wisconsin, and it's part of our ongoing series of reporting on youth mental health, which we call Kids in Crisis. You can find more of that reporting at postcrescent.com slash kidsincrisis. You are invited to our live event in Madison on May 10th. It's a day of action for youth mental health, and we're holding it at the Overture Center. You can find more information on that at our USA Today Network Wisconsin Facebook pages, and we would love to see you there. If you'd like to share your reactions to this show or just reach out, I'm on Twitter at Robert Menser, or you can email the show at thisisnormal at gannett.com. Help us reach more people by sharing this podcast with your friends on your social media, by mowing a message into a local farm field that spells out the URL postcrescent.com slash thisisnormal so that low-flying airplanes can read it or whatever it is you can do. If you or someone you know is dealing with suicidal thoughts, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255 or text HOPELINE to the National Crisis Text Line at 741-741. We all struggle sometimes. And it's good to get help.